Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Kessneri-King. Today I have Lisa Nunes from Kittery, Maine. Welcome, Lisa. Welcome to you, too. Thank you. This is the coolest thing when I get to come into somebody's studio. And wow, this is so energetic in here. Thank you. Thank you. Love it. I I actually went to grade school in this building, so full circle. Amazing. It's so amazing. And it's so well kept. It's a beautiful, open, airy Mm. space. Mm. And um, Mm. yeah, very homey. I'd stay here all the time. You're free. It's lovely. (laughs) I need models. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love it. So um, you were born and raised here in Kittery. I I am a Mainer. Through and through, yeah. Uh, grew up right down the street uh, in Kittery, and went to school. I started at UNH, but I went to school at UMaine, Orono. So I'm nice. a true Mainer. Wonderful. Okay, so we start off really early. What's your earliest recollections of anything artistic? You know, um, as a child, I would draw all the time, mm. but especially in front of the television set because I wanted to learn how to draw my favorite TV characters. I love it. You and like they the would be moving. third person I've interviewed in the last two months who said that. That's so funny. So I still have those sketchbooks. Yeah, wow. And um, and so that's probably the earliest I remember. I, I used to watch the show called Captain Bob okay. where he would instruct you how to draw. Like I remember the episode about learning to draw goldfish. Mm. And... It was a process, right? Here's how you do it. And these are how you join the lines. And I was just fascinated that by following instructions, you could actually end up with this thing. Wow. And uh, how old were you? Oh, I was probably, probably like a second grader. Yeah. It was on really early, probably dating myself. But um, (laughs) yeah, that was definitely, those are my earliest, my earliest collections. So what happened through junior high, high school? What did you do artistically? Well, I, you know, back then art wasn't really offered, mm. you know, as a core, yeah. a core um, track. And um, I just remember waiting for that one, what is it, 45 minute class a week uh, yeah. where you could go and, and do art. Um, in, in, in junior high, you know, it was kind of pretty average. In high school, I had an art teacher who really... I think saw something in me and invited me to come during my study halls oh. and after school. And um, so I think that was kind of where I started to feel like I had something uh-huh. and someone was uh, seeing that and mm. helped foster it, sure. which is incredible. Yeah, that is wonderful, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, really to is. feel that validation so yeah. young. Yeah. That's nice. Definitely. And she was... She was even someone who, um, you know, I'm from a big family. I have five brothers and a sister. And she really wanted me to go to art school. And she even 
came to our house for dinner one night. Ooh. I'll never forget it. it really, <laughs> yeah. You have a large family too. So you're all yeah. sitting around the family and you have yeah. this like teacher from school uh-huh. trying to like make a, make a case for why you should go to art school. Um, I'll never forget it. I thought it was great, but I also knew that my father had other plans for me. Yeah. You know, I wasn't going to be going to art school. So, oh, so tell us then what happened? Yeah, well, he, you know, <laughs> my dad was very pragmatic and an mm-hmm. engineer and really felt that I would make a good living for myself mm-hmm. uh, if I studied engineering, uh, especially in a woman uh, as being a, being a woman and, and kind of at that time, just, you know, women were just starting to get into the field. Exactly. And so uh, the pay scale, everything was just yeah. something that I think he felt would be great for me. Mm. Uh, so I started out in engineering. I went to UNH for uh, a year and a semester and studied engineering. And I hated it. Yeah. I really hated it. Um, I did okay, but it was not... <laughs> Yeah, I took a few art classes and I knew, you know, underneath it all that, that that's it. where I should be. So mm. I ended up transferring to UMaine at that point and didn't tell my father that I was going to switch majors. Oh. And I did. Oh. And uh, when uh, the first report card or whatever you call it came out, I had actually deans listed. Uh-huh. So he was okay. that was it. Was it was right. over at that point, the fight. So we kind oh, of uh, made it. up and I, I, I ended up doing a self-design major at UMaine, which was uh, art advertising and communications oh, okay. combo. So um, wow. I, I really never intended to leave school and be, be an artist Okay, at all. Yeah. You were still feeling his plan to have the, the backup. Yeah. I think I kind of uh, understood on some level that you needed to feed yourself and, mm-hmm. and make a living mm-hmm. and, um, I ended up going into marketing and advertising and design. At that time, did you know any other artists, uh, male or female? No, making, not at all. It was no. not my world. Yeah, I was really your typical, yeah. you know, go to school for four years and, you know, have fun and graduate with a degree and then mm. get out and get the job that you went to school for. Yeah. Um, I And I just always, uh, I dabbled here and there with some artistic things. But, you know, in graphic design, it's a very creative um job role and i i i loved it mm, you know cool. i got to do all kinds of things yeah. and meet all kinds of people yeah i think it fed what i am now mm-hmm. for oh, sure yeah. yeah so it was my art school but in a different yeah you know format for right. sure yeah um, so we don't all follow these like straight paths no not at all and that's what me, i that's what for I me yeah i had absolutely no no experience in the art world no experience with anything art yeah. Except for a few drawing classes. Yeah. And so you were content <laughs> with that. And how long did you do that? Uh, I worked for, oh, I would say I graduated college in 1981. No, 1985. And um, up until 2004, when I started painting, I worked for ad agencies and then I I left the ad agency world and started my own business, mm-hmm. um, a little design shop. So I, um, for 15 years, I, I did my own thing. Okay. And I think that was also a wonderful um, way to understand business mm. and budgets and finances. And um, that has really 
helped me oh, sure. on my career path as an artist. Oh, I think sure. that's I think the that's, last thing you think about. Exactly. I was just going to say, right. You laid that really strong foundation. Yeah. And then built on that. Yeah. yeah. And so you had to be so responsible for, for delivering things on time and mm-hmm. on budget mm-hmm. and to work under that pressure to um, have a design accepted and liked and, and, you know, it was all color theory. It was all design and composition. If you think about designing yeah. an ad or designing a logo, mm-hmm. a lot of the same elements apply. Right. So I think I take all of that, or I took all of that with me into mm-hmm. this place that I am now. Right. So during those years, were you still exploring it all outside of work with mm-hmm. any mediums? No, not at all. Mm-hmm. I, I really you know, kind of started in the graphic design before even the computers came around. So mm-hmm. everything was done by hand. Yep. Illustrations were done by hand. And you don't look old enough. Because uh, <laughs> so I was oh, back you. in those days. <laughs> right. Thank you. But Just on the uh, cusp of the computer. Of yeah, exactly. And so yeah. you kind of, you like walked into it with what they called press type. Remember that? Rubbing press on, mm-hmm. uh, or letters onto lines. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that you know, we kind of all end up exactly where we need to be. And that is my philosophy to this day that, you know, you can kind of wish for something or hope for something. um, But it all kind of writes itself. Yeah. Well, I I agree with that. And I think a lot of life is preparation and you just Mm. have to accept where you are. Absolutely. And find what you're supposed to be learning. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I don't know that I would be where I am now if I had gone to art school. Yeah. I really wonder about that. Sometimes I think about um, knowing, you know, how you're, how young you are when you're in that phase of your life, and mm-hmm. that really in painting now, you bring to it who you are, and in this voice that you've developed over all of these years of learning and falling and getting up, and hmm. you know, suffering loss and, or or great gains or. I mean, it's all just so great. It's yeah. all just kind of like this thing that just right. happens. Ripens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. Ah, oh, wonderful. So um, who who was your greatest influence or what was your greatest influence in making the switch? You, you said in 2004 is when you... Right. You know, I got to the point where I felt like my creativity um, was feeling like it was so on demand, Um get this job done at this price in this time frame for these people who want this type of thing. Mm. And I remember feeling really cornered in a way creatively. I didn't mind it, but, but I think what happened was I just, it just dawned on me one day I was exhausted Mm. and this space in this building, um, I started calling around just for studio space. And And what were you thinking? What were you thinking you would I, I don't know. I didn't know. I, and I'm like that. It. I very much go with that. I think there's an opening happening okay. in my life right okay. now. And yeah. I'm going to walk through this door yeah. and be completely clueless. I love it. That is exactly <laughs> I how, I, how I live. Wow. And so, and it also was a time in my life where unfortunately we had wanted to have children, mm-hmm. my husband and I, and that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I really think that on top of um, feeling frustrated, creative, creatively um I wanted to birth something yeah right yeah I guess you could say and so uh this this it's like serendipity right this this thing showed up and it was not even for this space in this building okay um but when I got there he had already rented this other place 
And he goes, but I just bought this building in Kittery. And I said, okay, I'll go look at it. And when we drove up to the building, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I'm going into my third grade classroom. I'm going you to could hear the bell. As, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, the smells and everything. And the funny uh, story is that, that, that I did my very first self-portrait in this building in my first grade classroom. Oh, my gosh. Which is so great. And I remember it so clearly. So, like, life really does kind of have this magical way of unfolding. That is so special. I know. So as we sit here talking in what was the coat room, um, <laughs> I I think that that a lot of things aligned, and mm-hmm. I just felt this tug, and I yeah. and I I rented the studio. I did not ever. I had never picked up a paintbrush. I had, did wow. not know how to paint. <laughs> I got an easel. I had an easel <laughs> in the middle of the room, and I just started to draw. I love it. Nothing. I did nothing, yeah. but. I didn't stop working in graphic design. I kind of yeah. kept my foot in that so that I could pay for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the deal was that my husband and I talked about was that let's try this for like three years and see yeah. how you do. Yeah. 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 13, 15 years, however yeah. many years later it is. It's, it's, I'm still here. So. Yeah. You've done it. You've done it. So, so how did you get into painting? Did you just go grab something? And- what happened was um, when I was coming to the studio one day, I heard voices downstairs mm-hmm. And it was, uh, there was a painting class going on and Dennis Perrin, who I believe you interviewed, he was giving a class on painting. Uh, Uh, I had just purchased all these books on how to make an oil painting. (laughs) And I'm not a good learner that way. I'm a much, I'm a visual learner. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I popped my head in and I thought, oh, that looks kind of interesting. And then I spoke to him later and he said that he would be giving a class and so I ended up taking the class. It was like a six-week class. And that that's all it took for me. Wow. I was i was just in here 24-7 wow. and practicing. I made so many paintings. Because mm. I remember him saying to me, you know, like, it's not how many pa- paintings you finish. It's how many you begin. Yes. And, yeah. and you hear that a lot. Yeah. Um, so I was, I mean, I was like a mad woman. <laughs> I really was. My husband's (laughs) like, where have you gone? (laughs) He had to come by and see you, right? It was crazy, but it it really became what is still today my studio practice. You show up no matter how you feel. And was this space the original one? Yes. It is. Yeah. So you've been here. You just show up and you just show up and you, you know, what is it? You hope that inspiration finds you working. Mm -hmm. Picasso said that, I think. Mm -hmm. So that really was the beginning of it. And, um, boy, it, it just, it just kept opening and opening and opening. As I mentioned, I really do follow that instinct in me. Yeah. Um, and when I don't, it's not, it's not good. Right. So. Mm, nice. So you started with oils. I started with oils. And now you do a bit of mixed media. I, see. I do. I do. I, I paint, I still paint with oils, but I found, um, that I wanted to work on much larger scale. I wanted to almost to like be able to use the materials differently. Okay. And someone had said to me, you should try acrylics. And I was kind of a, a snob about it. I said, no, not acrylics. I'm not going <laughs> to. So, yeah. That. So you were painting small at the beginning. Yeah. These I, are huge. <laughs> right. Exactly. I started, you know, five by sevens, eight by tens, 16 by 20 was huge to me. Yeah. I remember feeling like, oh, oh, what yeah. am I going to do with all yeah, this Yeah, me canvas? too. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. So and, intimidating. And so I, I did start, I did start small. I think small is great. And I still paint small studies mm-hmm. because I think the spirit of what you can put on a small canvas is really 
the same kind of thing that you should go or that I like to go out use when I'm doing a big canvas. It's almost like this very fast, instinctual cover the canvas feeling. Uh, um, so you just need to get much bigger brushes right. and, you know, and, and acrylics really had more flow. And I felt like I didn't want to spend all that money on oil paints trying to see if this was going to even be viable. I see. So I even went to the hardware store and I bought all their oops paint, you know, the, the mistake, the mistense. I saw somewhere that you used some latex. Is that yeah. what you're Yeah. So I could to. dip a brush in there or a broom in there and start moving paint. <laughs> oh, wow. It, and it was fun. It's exhilarating. Uh, yeah. I mean, you really feel like this instinctual thing come over you. And, and, and would you work from a small study? Yes. I, so would, that's I would, I'm still a person who goes out and works from, from life oh, nice. and makes many, many sketches. Okay. And then I might use those for reference for larger pieces. And a sketch in, in graphite? In gouache. Brush? I use gouache a lot. Um, or acrylic when I go out, but I, I'll use whatever materials are handy. Okay. Um, so did I answer the question? Yeah. Well, yeah, well, we're going into your process. So oh, this is perfect. Oh, great. So you'll go out and make some studies. And then from there, you use those smaller ones to get the broom. Right. The broom, right. <laughs> and the these rollers. are bigger than you. So how do you do this? I use a ladder. <laughs> um, you know, I used to work on a, on an easel with a canvas and I felt very confined by you know, sizes that were offered in stretched canvases. So I started buying loose canvas and I had this magnetic, these, yeah. these metal strips on my walls that I, I use the super magnets to hang the canvases or the paper. Mm-hmm. And I work directly on the walls and I typically work on, you know, five to 10 paintings at a time. Mm-hmm. So I'm not doing one painting at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, you know, it's, I, I have a I have a good size studio, which is helpful because I get really far back and then I get really close and I'm walking all the time to mm-hmm. and from the picture, mm-hmm. which is something I did even when I was doing small paintings, because if you go to a museum and you see a beautiful painting from across the room, yeah. you know, it's, I, I like to call them those little big paintings, the <laughs> ones that you just, that hit you yeah. when you walk into a space like that. So like a small painting can have the oomph of like a huge painting. Yeah. But for me, what happened was scale got so interesting in its own right, mm-hmm. like feeling dwarfed by a painting in a museum. Yeah. It was a very cool feeling for me. And I'm like, wow, you know, everything kind of changes. Right. Um, so I would I would really I just started. I'm a big experimental painter right now. I really feel like you have to just be true to your studio practice, show up and kind of, again, listen to that instinct Mm -hmm. that that's always there but you know it's so easy to cover Mm. with like getting distracted by oh I love the way that person did that in that painting I'm going to try that yeah I really try not to look at anything anymore yeah Yeah. my theory being that if, if I were like in a in a in solitude somewhere and I couldn't see anything. Mm. What would come out of me? Yeah, I know. Interesting. I mean, what What is your true hand right, look like? Exactly. Without any influence. That's I mean, I always are asked who your influence is. Right. And then you spend a lot of your time like, you know, I know I was influenced that, but how do I kind of like keep the idea of that, but make it me? Right. That's been a big challenge for me. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because oh. on your website somewhere it said you start with the open-mindedness of an explorer. Exactly. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So how do you, um, do you start with the study and then when you're going to get to the canvas or the paper, you're um, experimenting with different medias to get what you've done on the 
the small um, study? I think what happens is I'll have the small study and I will hang it up on the wall kind of far away from where I'm working okay. so I can glance at oh, it. Oh, for just some reference. And I, and I should back up by saying that the, what really was a big influence or a change in my in my thinking about how I paint was when I was fortunate enough to take a master class at the Courier um, Museum with Eric Aho. Uh-huh. Um, it was a weekend course and he had us go um, make a bunch of small paintings in this park just responding mm-hmm. to like things and then the second day we were going to use those small small paintings we couldn't we couldn't look at them while we were working on a much bigger 36 by 36 which oh. is, was enormous in yeah. a studio you didn't you you were not even you didn't have access to your studies so he wanted you to access your memory okay that to me was so freeing because um it allowed me kind of it's almost like just writing a song like you can kind of express yourself however you want in mm-hmm. that moment of memory mm-hmm. and so a lot of the way i work now is very much the same way i will go and work in a space or at a place or with a model and make a bunch of studies i mean i have boxes and boxes of studies and then something will happen where i'll put a bunch of them up and i'll start working on a few different things and they'll just develop over time okay so i'm not trying to like duplicate mm-hmm. right i'm just right. trying to find that that place of memory yeah um and see how it goes are you ever surprised by what always what changes always yeah always okay i mean it's an, it's really it's <laughs> yeah. magical okay wow it, and it and it takes a lot of like i mean i didn't just start doing that you know out of out of nowhere i mean i still had to kind of like maintain a certain you know my my galleries and so forth were expecting yeah. certain works for me right you, yeah. get to, you get kind of known as a certain person okay but there was again it was that feeling of like am i being typecast yeah as the still life painter or the ballerina painter okay right and too I, restricting for you to yeah or just <laughs> not not pushing my own growth right, right which is always what i lead with yeah i would rather feel happy every day here working to some some degree where i where i don't know where i'm going mm. I love that. So another quote, which is perfect. I work in a constant state of experimentation and discovery. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that is so cool. I love that. It it seems so freeing. It's almost scary in a way. It is. I think what I do is I trick myself into believing that it isn't scary. It's what everybody, you know, experiences as an artist painting. It's frightening whether you know what you're doing or you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) True. You know, we put so much pressure on ourselves to like yeah. make something good. Yeah. So what I do a lot is I put long um, dowels on my paintbrushes. So I have a three foot dowel. I, oh. I use duct tape. I tape it onto my paintbrush and I use my non-dominant hand. Oh, wow. So I'm drawing Wow. with no control. Yeah. Because I think the accidental, incidental whoops moments yeah. are the most exciting. Wow. And I don't try to control that. Amazing. And it's it's hard for me because don't we all want to just kind control. of like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so or even you know, just drawing with your, you know, blind contour drawings. Mm. Um, mm. you know, it's 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 a lot of um believing that there is something in you that is very 
unique to you. Mm. And it's for me, it's like finding ways to trick it out. Yeah. And uh, who knows where that all lands. Mm. And I mean, I wish I were someone who could say, you know, I um, aspire to paint, blah, 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 you know, um, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've stopped trying to be that because mm-hmm. it's exhausting. Mm. Um, and, and to me, when, when you show up in the morning and there's this little thing that just starts to happen, like there's a certain feeling when I'm, when I'm working, it's almost like someone saying, no, don't pick up the green, pick up that bright <laughs> orange. And use that huge brush. What are you doing with that small brush in your hand? <laughs> and, and stop painting one section of the canvas. Paint the whole canvas. Mm. You know, it's almost like you're being coached. Yeah. And I don't know what that is. Yeah. Maybe people think I'm crazy. But no, it's it. it's really, um, I think that's that thing in us that we um, all have that we just have to be aware of. Oh, yeah, open to. And open to. Mm. And everything that happens to you every day is like... Um, probably going to come out of your hand somehow into your work. Mm-hmm. I can for sure say that. Yeah. Um, wow. So, yeah. So what kind of um, material? Tell us about your, your what you paint on exactly. Well, I, I paint on a couple of different surfaces, but because I'm painting so large right now, I was, um, I, I really love painting on paper. I buy a really good paper, archival paper for mixed media. Mm. Uh, I usually gesso it or um, uh, use a medium uh, layer uh, before I start working on it. So I prep the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, the paper allows me to, um, you know, feel like I can use a lot of it mm-hmm. and it's not that expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also, I hang them from these magnets. So I'll hang a 48 wide by however long piece of paper and just start working on it. And then as, as the painting starts to emerge or something starts to happen, I might then um, put it aside for a while, actually, and not look at it and then bring it back out. And if it, if it feels like there's something there, I will, I will get it pressed onto panel. Okay. So that gives it a rigid feeling because I, I really still am framing things without glass. I don't really like to put things behind glass. Uh Um, and do you ever cut them down and then I right? so the the cropping or the editing kind of happens after they've been mounted or sometimes Uh before and so and also the paper on on panel allows me to kind of use collage a lot which is something is that's new to me but with collage very much like using those long wooden dowels to paint with um, you can kind of make accidental marks so you can like rip a piece of collage paper in this really, you know, shape that you never would think would fit in a piece. And then you like just start moving it around on the paper and it, it activates it in a way Mm -hmm. that you don't necessarily intellectually would think through, like, I'm going to paint this mark on that part of the paper. So collage is a really great way to kind of just be arbitrary, but not be arbitrary. And for me, it creates a lot of dimension Mm -hmm. and a lot of like, Oh, well, that's a surprise. Mm. Um, you know, so, so so the process is like I I said very much like being on this exploration of mm. well what will that do yeah and I think it's really important for painters to maintain the curiosity that got them into it in the beginning mm-hmm. um, you know and whether that be changing your materials or the scale or right. the um, you know 
using your left hand instead of your right or your right instead of your left or mm. putting it on the floor and working. Like I like to put things on the floor oh, and work because oh. perspective is completely gone wow. that way. Wow. It makes things kind of awkward. Yeah. I and would I, think. And I like that. <laughs> I think it's so interesting. Yeah. Some of my favorite painters do that. Wow. That so pretty cool. So tell us about the tools you use. So I use huge brushes. Uh, I, I don't spend a lot of money on expensive brushes anymore. I mm. buy house paint brushes. Uh, and the, the longer I use them and the more ratty they get, sometimes the more I like the marks they make. Mm, yeah. Because for me, a lot of what I do is in the, the, the quality of the mark. Okay. Um, I like to use um, these really great, and I'm going to forget the name of the pencil, a really black, black graphite pencil so that if I have a big, thick, wet swath of paint, I can go in with a pencil and kind of articulate a shape. Oh, while it's wet. While it's wet. Oh. Nice. Yes. I always have a spray bottle of water that I use to spray and wipe because mm-hmm. I like kind of this add it and then subtract feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that, that activates the painting so it doesn't feel like it's dead, like Static. it's like it's not moving. Yeah. Um, and wow. sometimes like I'll make a mark and I'll go, oh, well, that looks like something and then go from there. Mm. So it is very much a... Um, instinctual like um, way of working instead of okay well there's my study and in my study you know it's a beach scene um, and I love to go to the beach in the summer so I sit there all summer and I make thousands of gosh paintings of the beach nice. but that so that's really in my memory so right. a lot of my work now is you know the, these beach scenes where you look down the beach and mm. it's like one of those really hot days all you see forever are you know umbrellas and mm-hmm. heads mm-hmm. and bright colors so how do you like bring that feeling to a canvas without making all these little people and I think um I think that through layering and through kind of transparency and so forth you start getting this movement right which is something I really am interested in in painting yeah and how do you know when it's done what's the wow factor to you (laughs) you know I think what happens is it's a certain quieting down okay in a painting, um, and I will I will often turn paintings around or walk away from paintings for you know a couple of days, weeks, sometimes months. I've even like gone a year without touching a painting. Mm. Um, I think they have their own time frame, mm-hmm. and the one thing I've stopped doing is trying to paint you know with that kind of feeling of I have a time frame here. Okay. Uh, for me, I don't produce my best work that way. Mm. I used to work really well under pressure. Right. <laughs> but the, this process doesn't require pressure. It requires openness yeah. and patience, which are my, like, patience is something that life's tried to teach me forever. Yeah. And being patient and painting. Trying to teach us all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so trying to be patient mm. and just let these things kind of happen. Um, is, so when it quiets down and you... Like it definitely stops talking to me yeah. yeah you know you definitely and I've had many where I've not listened to that and been pushed through and right voila oh boy no painting I have a stack of those <laughs> you'll become a mini canvas for me to paint over <laughs> so um I, I would like you to explain what you were talking about when I came in and you were showing me your gallery and all these paintings that are being shipped out and mm-hmm. how you prep a series right before right. you sh- start showing to the gallery that they're available 
Well, I really have started working in a way that I can um, kind of uh, work on many series of paintings over, you know, a year's time or more and kind of have my inventory build itself. And then at, at the end of, you know, there's always times of the year when you know you're um, kind of put start putting the work out into the markets that you're in. Okay. And so what I would do is then put together um, images of everything that I have and I and I would send them out to the various galleries so that they can select the paintings they want to show. Okay. So instead of accepting, you know, okay, well, would you like to be in the solo show um, mm. on this date? And can you paint this for that solo show? Right. Um, I, I, for now, um, in the stage that I'm at, um, haven't been doing a lot of that simply because it, it's it's not the way that I work. But well. did you ever do yes. the work? Yes. Oh yeah, so you for did. sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I is think, that what got your name out there and got you? Oh, interesting question. Recognized. I think so. Yeah. I think um, I think that you know, when you're starting out, you're just so excited mm -hmm. to be painting. And, and I think it's a very natural thing. Like look at Picasso. He started painting very realistically and drawing and, and, and his shifts were constant. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the one thing I do hear, I either hear, well, why did you change? Mm -hmm. Or I hear that's so great that you keep evolving. Mm -hmm. And to me, you know, you're going to hear all kinds of things, no matter what, um, and I just felt like I couldn't stay on the treadmill of, mm. of painting certain types of paintings for shows. Yeah. For me, it just was kind of the same feeling as the graphic design mm -hmm. where it got, you're, you're just kind of like doing what you're told. Yeah. So how did that transition take place that the galleries? That's really interesting question. Um, I think you have to find galleries who are open to your evolution uh -huh. um, because Let's be frank. A lot of them, they're commercial and they they right. they care about their bottom line, right? Sure. So, um, and I care about my bottom line too. But mm -hmm. what I've done is I've kind of, it's it's the same thing, right? You can kind of start to sense that maybe I've saturated this market with this particular type of painting. Okay. Um, and my shifts have it may look big from this perspective back, but they've 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 taken a slow long it's taken a long time to get here. So mm. the galleries that I'm with that I've been with for a long time have really appreciated the evolution because they're the, the people who are collecting the work are like, Oh my God, what's she doing wow. now? She's always surprising oh, me. Love it. So they continue to collect sure. the work. Sure. Um, and for me personally, what, what it, it's just, that's so gratifying. Oh, and yeah. so it, I feel so honored that, right. that that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's always such a surprise when you still get, Oh my God, you sold the painting. I'm like, Wow, that's so incredible. And even the more abstract work, I think abstract work is difficult mm. for um, commercial galleries unless they're in a place where, um, you know, people are, you know, that's just part of the, that particular the market, yeah. you know, um, in California, for instance, they're, you know, it's most the galleries that I'm in are, you know, they have a good mix of work, but the big abstract work is what is what they just it's hot it is <laughs> yeah. i mean i don't yeah and i don't paint for that right. um it's just that's where you're exactly right yeah. it's just so interesting that's to awesome. me so i think you just have to be true to yourself right and how would you describe your evolution what, what did it start in, and what would you describe as I, the transitions um 
Well, I think one day when I was looking at, you know, trying to create more of a particular type of painting, let's say, for example, it was like I had did this ballerina series for a while and it, I mean, I still get requests for, do you have any more ballerinas? And <laughs> I had to really, I think the transition began when I felt that pit of my stomach going, I just can't paint that. <laughs> I just can't do another no one. No more. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, uh, and I haven't said I'll never do it. Mm -hmm. I'll probably do it, but it'll probably look really different. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and, and I don't know that I can pinpoint the transition. I think these evolutions happen and you don't even realize they're happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's more about listening to that, again, that inner voice that just knows yeah. that, you know what, you have to risk it all mm -hmm. and you can't stand still. At least I can't stand still. Mm-hmm. And you will, you will gain people, you will lose people, you will, people will say, oh, I hate that, or mm. I don't get it. And uh, even myself, when I was painting representationally, and I would look at abstract work, I'd be like, I remember looking at a Joan Mitchell painting at the Courier Gallery going, <laughs> come on. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh my God, she's yeah, my hero. Yeah, it's amazing how we evolve. So you do. I and I think, it. I think that's true for people. And I said, always say to people, if you don't yeah. understand, it's not that you have to understand it, it has, it has to move you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you feel like as you've evolved, you're, um, or, or have you ever along the way been out to make some kind of statement and has that become easier? Interesting. Um, I don't think I've, I'm the kind of painter who like, you know, a lot, a lot of work now is very social statements about, about the world or about this or that. Mm -hmm. I think that for me, if I'm, painting from a place that is honest and truthful and that comes out in the work then that's what our world needs mm. honesty I, and truth yeah. you know i feel I, like yeah and if and if it can make someone feel you know even you know like oh i love that or it makes me feel good to look at that painting i mean for me that's mm. that's what i can give i i don't i'm not the kind of person who <laughs> can intellectually talk about, you know, the state of the state and the environment and all of those things, which I care deeply about, right. but they just, and, and you can, you can, you can say that you care in ways that aren't necessarily articulating, you know, well, we should stop using plastic bags. Right. Should, I think that through delivering, you know, the work in a, in a honest and truthful way, whether it has a social statement or not, then that, then the painting it's doing its job in terms of, you know, moving energy or, mm. or um, mm -hmm. positive or, energy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think yeah. that that's what our, our planet mm -hmm. would really benefit from more mm -hmm. just like, what is even the truth? Right. Yeah. I think as humans, we tend to focus on the negative and we need the push. Right to focus on the right. positive and the beautiful. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, your work sure does. Boy, I walked in, I was like, whoa, it was like electric. I love it. Thank it's you. amazing. It's just beautiful. So, um, well, we'll get to your website, but if anyone needs to get there right now to see your work, newnessfineart.com. Or lisanunas.com works too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so what's been your greatest epiphany in painting, in creating? I, you know, I think this may happen as you get older, mm -hmm. 
but you just start to get comfortable in your own skin. <laughs> and yeah. I remember one day just thinking, I don't care about all the things I used to care about. Yeah. Like, will the people like it? Mm. Will I make money? Mm. Will I survive? And I don't know what happened. Some sort of reckless abandon <laughs> about like I any of it. that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, you know, I, um, I lost my father two years ago and I mm. think there was an epiphany there mm. about how, you know, we don't, we don't know how long we have. Mm -hmm. And if you're given this gift, then, you know, don't squander it. Yeah. And don't, don't squelch it. Don't let things squelch. Right. And, and even like people like try to define you, you right. define it. Exactly. <laughs> I know that's why I've always like really struggled with whether or not I want to, I want to teach Yeah. Okay. because I don't really think I have, I don't have like this process that I can teach. Yeah. Yeah. What I, what I would do is just find and, and, and trick people into ways to find themselves yeah. or not to feel, to make apologies for I mean, I think some of the best stuff you see are people who've never painted before and they have that beginner's mind mm. and they're just, that's true. They're not following like, yeah, learn the mm -hmm. rules and learn I, the I, process, yeah. but then break them all. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like be a teenager again. Right. <laughs> I still feel like I painted better when I knew nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the one thing when I, when I, and I've only taken that one workshop. Mm -hmm. I, I, I started with Dennis and I took his classes and then I only took that one workshop and I remember feeling like, I learned a lot in that workshop, but it also took me a while to get it out of my system to remove what I learned so that I could get back in touch with my own innate mm -hmm. stuff. And mm -hmm. I think, I think that's really important to experiment, experiment, experiment. You know, it's like, I always say that people like, like ballet dancers are trained, you know, in a way where that they can dance any other style. Mm -hmm. Right. But a hip hop dancer can't go do a ballet. Exactly. Right. Right. So really, it's great to have those those basics, drawing skills, you know, mm -hmm. understanding how to lay down a painting, understanding color. Mm -hmm. um, but once you kind of have that in you, mm -hmm. then it's like then the freedom to um, to just explore. And I think when I kind of like got to that place in my life, you know, maybe it was when I got when I turned 50 or maybe 55 that I felt like, you know, I, I don't know how much longer I can climb ladders and make big paintings and things like that. So. I feel like I'm on a like fast track to, yeah. to hurry up and get yeah. there, yeah. which you never do. Right. 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 So right. it's, it's, it's so hard to be yourself, especially mm. in this world today. Yeah. I agree. Would you say that's what defines success for you now as an artist? That Absolutely. You kind of found that. Absolutely. Yeah. And like really truth telling yeah. in, in, in the work and, um, you know, with social media and everything out there, it's, it's so, overwhelming to see yeah. all of the work and um yeah that's our next <laughs> delving right into yeah, yeah. social media social what do you do media. with it a blessing and a curse right <laughs> you know I, my is. my idea about it is i try to do it just kind of check in a couple times a week mm. and um i will say that i've gotten a lot of great met a lot of people who i've never would have met right. across the world mm. Um, had conversations that would never have been, you would never have been able to have uh, before the time of social media. I think it's really important, especially Instagram, I think is great for artists because it's, it's just image yeah. imagery. Right. And, right. you know, let's face it, 
everybody copies everybody, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, even some of my favorite living artists mm. have said that. Um, so I like to follow some of my favorite people now who are doing, you know, or on that trajectory who are like, you know, living the dream. Yeah. yeah. Um, but social media has its place, but I do take breaks from it because mm -hmm. it can be mm -hmm. a bit overwhelming. Mm. And how do you, what do you do with your collector base? Are you, do you get to um, have contact information from your galleries? If you, if you request mm -hmm. that, it's a little bit of a sticky wicket, yeah. but um, it's funny because I think that collectors, if they really want to find you, they find you. Um, I, I do have a list of people and I do stay in touch with them with mm. an occasional email. If yeah. I'm having a show, I'll okay. inform them. Nice. But, you know. Mm. Okay. What's your new upcoming project? Biggest thing you got on the burner? Well, uh, right now I'm in the middle of uh, getting a lot of new work out to new galleries. Mm. Two in Maine, one in Agunquit, uh, the Unward Gallery and one in Camden, Carver Hill Gallery. Uh, so right now, this is really the big get out, get out okay. for spring, summer. Right. Um, I have some things brewing um, for the future, but um, I know better than to than to say anything at this Love point. Them. Okay, I got it. <laughs> um, well, I have an idea for you. Okay. I think you mentioned teaching. You should just do like a one-day... It would be so cool for me. I'm just speaking yeah, for yeah. Me, myself yeah. to come in here and have a, a piece of paper that big to work on. Yeah, yeah, that would be so cool. And just have you walk people through the the freeing process of just putting down whatever. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be kind of a cool experience. And it wouldn't need necessarily need to just a one day thing. Yeah, I think if I did anything, it would be a workshop. Mm -hmm. It would be a one day, mm -hmm. you know, exploring uh, ways to kind of yeah. trick yourself into. Uh, yeah, finding I think yourself. that would be so cool. <laughs> just because I have never faced anything that size. Really? Well, some of my favorite living artists paint huge scale. Yeah. So tell me about them. Who, who oh, are your oh, favorite okay. well, influences? Here? I love Kathy Bradford, who. Um, um, shows in a gallery in New York called Canada and she's 77 mm. and you know she's just hitting her stride uh, she's from Maine originally <laughs> and so I saw a show of hers at Bowdoin College probably five or six years ago and they were the giant canvases where you walked in and they were up like ocean liners at, in, at the night in nighttime and so you stood in front of it and you felt like you would if you were standing on the surface of the water looking at an ocean line. Wow. And um, she's great. I mean, she's it's just really kind of comical work. And then also Joe Bradley, who's from Kittery originally, uh, who has these enormous, enormous abstract paintings that were, um, I think, inspired originally by like underground comics that he used to look at as hmm. a kid. Um but those are people who, you know, really um, have like gone beyond what is expected or, or thought of or known. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where I, I what I aspire to. Mm -hmm. I, I don't often talk a lot about, you know, um, artists and, you know, movements and so forth. I mean, I love the abstract expressionists, but I also love, you know, the Cezans and the Mirandes and so forth. But I feel like people today who are painting things that are like breaking through all of the 
know, in, in making it in like the world of New York and, mm-hmm. um, you look at what they're doing and it's almost so simple, mm. but so like, like smart and thought out and intriguing and, mm. you know, statement without being a statement. Yeah. Um, those are, those are probably the two people I would really, yeah. uh, I'd like to meet and talk to. Nice. Someday. I have to look them up. Okay. Where can your work be seen locally around the Portsmouth well, area, Maine? Agunquick's going to be the closest okay. um, at Van Ward Gallery. He's right in the in the heart of Agunquick. Um, and, you know, once a year we open our studios here in the building oh, yeah. at Barn on the Hill. And when is that? And that's in November. Okay. Although I've thought about doing something on my own maybe once a year, but uh, the truth is I never can clean my studio and get it ready for that. <laughs> it looks pretty good to me. That's what everything's <laughs> in order right now but um and also um uh carver hill gallery if you're in the camden area okay up, up in maine uh but other than that i mostly you know you can go to atlanta or you can i go am to going to atlanta next month uh, and i am going to go right. to the what's the gallery uh atlanta? it's prior fine art prior. in atlanta yes you know, i will be there blue gallery in kansas city missouri nice and then um whitney modern in Los Gatos, California. Nice. So it's nice to kind of be, you know, away. Yeah, I mean, I very, love, I love New England. Regions, I yeah. love New England. And I, um, you know, I do show at the Marshall store every once in a while. If I am invited to go there, George mm-hmm. Marshall store gallery in New York, she is the great, a great gallery. Okay. Um, so I think, uh, and are you on Instagram, Facebook, all of it, all of it, <laughs> just under newness. I think at least an, at least a newness at is least the way newness. to find okay. it. And, um, yeah, so if I ever do do a workshop or anything like that, I will announce it on social media. Yes. Maybe I'm, I'll use you as a guinea pig. And yes. Try it out. <laughs> try it out on me. Yeah. That would it. be fun. It would. Yeah. You can paint my portrait. Oh, gosh. Maybe after you shut the microphone I'll say off. it's abstract. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this has been so great getting to meet you. Thank you. And, it's great to meet you, too. And learn about your art and your journey. It's fascinating. Oh, Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. you got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.